don't have a free country. It's as simple as that. If this most fundamental right is allowed to perish, then the rest of our rights and liberties will topple. Just like dominoes, one by one, they'll go down. That's why today I'm announcing my plan to shatter the left-wing censorship regime and to reclaim the right to free speech for all Americans. And reclaim is a very important word in this case because they've taken it away. In recent weeks, bombshell reports have confirmed that a sinister group of deep state bureaucrats, Silicon Valley tyrants, left-wing activists, and depraved corporate news media have been conspiring to manipulate and silence the American people. They have collaborated to suppress vital information on everything from elections to public health. The censorship cartel must be dismantled and destroyed and it must happen immediately. And here's my plan. First, within hours of my inauguration, I will sign an executive order banning any federal department or agency from colluding with any organization, business, or person to censor, limit, categorize, or impede the lawful speech of American citizens. I will then ban federal money from being used to label domestic speech as mis- or disinformation. And I will begin the process of identifying and firing every federal bureaucrat who has engaged in domestic censorship, directly or indirectly, whether they are the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Health, Human Services, the FBI, the DOJ, no matter who they are. Second, I will order the Department of Justice to investigate all parties involved in the new online censorship regime, which is absolutely destructive and terrible, and to aggressively prosecute any and all crimes identified. These include possible violations of federal civil rights law, campaign finance laws, federal election law, securities law, and antitrust laws, the Hatch Act, and a host of other potential criminal, civil, regulatory, and constitutional offenses. To assist in these efforts, I am urging House Republicans to immediately send preservation letters, and we have to do this right now, to the Biden administration, the Biden campaign, and every Silicon Valley tech giant, ordering them not to destroy evidence of censorship. Third, upon my inauguration as president, I will ask Congress to send a bill to my desk, revising Section 230, to get big online platforms out of censorship business. From now on, digital platforms should only qualify for immunity protection under Section 230 if they meet high standards of neutrality, transparency, fairness, and non-discrimination. We should require these platforms to increase their efforts to take down unlawful content such as child exploitation and promoting terrorism while dramatically curtailing their power to arbitrarily restrict lawful speech. Fourth, we need to break up the entire toxic censorship industry that has arisen under the false guise of tackling so-called mis- and disinformation. The federal government should immediately stop funding all nonprofits and academic programs that support this authoritarian project. If any U.S. university is discovered to have engaged in censorship activities or election interferences in the past, 
such as flagging social media content for removal of blacklisting. Those universities should lose federal research dollars and federal student loan support for a period of five years and maybe more. We should also enact new laws laying out clear criminal penalties for federal bureaucrats who partner with private entities to do an end run around the Constitution and deprive Americans of their first, fourth, and fifth amendment rights. In other words, deprive them of their vote. And once you lose those elections, and once you lose your borders like we have, you no longer have a country. Furthermore, to confront the problems of major platforms being infiltrated by legions of former deep staters and intelligence officials, there should be a seven-year calling off period before any employee of the FBI, CIA, NSA, DNI, DHS, or DOD is allowed to take a job at a company possessing vast quantities of U.S. user data. Fifth, the time has finally come for Congress to pass a digital bill of rights. This should include a right to digital due process. In other words, government officials should need a court order to take down online content, not send information requests such as the FBI was sending to Twitter. Furthermore, when users of big online platforms have their content or accounts removed, throttled, shadow banned, or otherwise restricted, no matter what name they use, they should have the right to be informed that it's happening, the right to a specific explanation of the reason why, and the right to a timely appeal. In addition, all users over the age of 18 should have the right to opt out of content moderation and curation entirely and receive an unmanipulated stream of information if they so choose. The fight for free speech is a matter of victory or death for America and for the survival of Western civilization itself. When I am president, this whole rotten system of censorship and information control will be ripped out of the system at large. There won't be anything left. By restoring free speech, we'll begin to reclaim our democracy and save our nation. Thank you, and God bless America. All right, welcome back. That was uh, President Trump, former President Trump, giving you a roadmap to what he is thinking about doing if he wins the presidency in 2024. We're a long way out. There's going to be a lot between now and then. So this is if he's able to win the GOP nomination and then go for the presidency and win the presidency. This is the beginning to what he would like to accomplish, at least in the beginning of his presidency. Um, I can't disagree with most anything he said. One thing that I will say is that I was happy he didn't revisit 2020. Talking about strengthening election laws is not a, uh, a revisiting of the past. We do need to have strong election laws. We have them here in Florida. We didn't have any of the issues that other states have had or are continuing to have. Arizona, it's still uh, a big fight over there. So we, there's nothing wrong with suggesting that we need to strengthen voting, uh, voting laws to hold people accountable to make sure that we're having free and fair elections. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So I'm glad that he did not revisit 2020 because that's not a winning strategy. Uh, the past is the past, and that will be a distant memory in most people's minds by the time we get there. 
People are going to want to concentrate on the future. Uh, they weren't going to. They're going to want to see the the reality that we live in now. They're going to want it to improve. They're going to want things to get better. Uh, we open borders, drugs pouring in, uh, chaos around the world, inflation, gas prices, heating prices. I, we're in a mess right now. So what they're going to want to hear going forward is not how you fix something in the past or not that you're still upset about the past. They're going to want to hear what are you going to do for us going forward to fix the current mess that we're in. So as long as he stays on that track, uh, he should do okay. Like I said, it's very early. You know, we we don't even know who he's going up against, first of all, with the GOP, because we have no idea. Nobody else has announced. It's very early. you got plenty of time. Uh, So he's got to win the GOP first, obviously. And then once he wins the GOP, I hope he has a good running mate in mind. Um, Maybe he has somebody very strong that's going to stand there and take the punches with him because they're going to, it's, it's going to be hammer time all over again for him. It's not like they've ever let up on him. So it's just going to continue on. And whoever his running mate is, he or she better be ready for the same. Um, So hopefully he'll pick a strong candidate there. And then we look at 2024. And if the democratic nominee happens to be uh, the witless wonder, sleepy, creepy idiot in the white house. And it's, you know, rematch. I would think this time people saw the stark difference between the democratic economy and what your life is is like run by a Democrat versus what your life can be run by a uh, Republican or American first person. So we'll see. All right, some funny news. (sighs) This is, that's good. Okay, I'm going to play another about two minute long. It's a preview for a movie. I don't know if you saw it. I didn't. I didn't see it. I, I must have missed it. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know it was coming out. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. You know, you just you're upset. You know, you get you get excited about certain movies, and sometimes you just they just go by, and you're like, ah, oh, I just didn't get there to see it. Well, here that is. Fighting for change politically requires faith. Which she has not. We are building an army of young people to stop the climate crisis and create millions of good jobs for our generation. Everyone wants to talk about this dispassionately, but this is the world that I will raise my kids in. The more centrist wing is arguing that they want to maintain the status quo. Ain't nobody gonna keep us down. This is going to be the moonshot of our generation. Moments of crisis crack open the window of possibility. Sometimes I feel like my job is to get my hands dirty. You're not going to trick us. Hell no. (laughs) Now is the time to leverage our power. We have tens of thousands of new people joining. We're in the battle for the soul of the Democratic Party make them feel like they're going to lose their seats if they don't support this. As long as there are people that you can poison without consequence, there will always be a loophole that the fossil fuel industry can exploit. It's possible to both decarbonize and keep equity and justice at the center. Oh, thank you. I'm not, I'm not often called classy. <laughs> Tell my mom. The media is expecting us to fail. Some of us have to actually live the future that you all are setting on fire. 
We're going to make historic investments that will seize the opportunity. We got the candidate that was nominated to come to us. We're either going to go out in a blaze of glory or we're going to win what we want. America has faced threats before and come out stronger. one step away from success, that's when they want you to think you're the furthest. But you are close. You are close. <laughs> Aren't you sad you missed that movie? Did, did you? Can you believe you missed it on a Saturday night? My God, what, did, what were you thinking? You didn't go to the movie theaters to see AOC's movie, The End? <laughs> We've just begun? My God, did you even know was did you even know it was hitting the theaters? Yeah, I don't think most people did. Uh, it did very, very, very well in the theaters, though. I mean, uh, she ranked in some cash. Uh, her documentary debuted uh, this weekend in movie theaters, and it generated, you know, I would say pretty reasonable per theater. It was in quite a few theaters. So she did well, you know, 120 theaters, about 80 bucks per theater. She made about $10,000 on that piece of crap movie. She's doing good. Why are we making fun of her? Yeah, she tried. She put together probably the wokest thing you have ever seen in your life. Yeah, you would think people would have flooded to the theaters to see it. Imagine 120 theaters. They made $80 per theater. <laughs> wow <laughs> I'm so sad I missed it my god AOC one of the I'm not sure if it's a documentary or it's supposed to be a comedy because when AOC said you have to have faith you know, that right there well you lost me I'm thinking it's a comedy now because AOC and faith you can't support the things you support and claim you have faith it's just not a, it's an impossibility it's just not it's not po- you can't want to kill babies till birth you can't agree that people can change from one sex to another. You can't support all of the democratic policies of controlling other people and say that you have faith. It's just, it's not a pos- it's not possible. So I'm, I'm assuming that maybe it was a comedy. It probably would have did better if it was a comedy. It was all satire and they attacked themselves. Maybe she had a, a better shot because $10,000, what a dismal performance that was. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing how stupid this girl is. And it never it never ceases to amaze me when you think she's done another level. There it is. Boom. You actually went out of your way to try to create a movie all about your career in Washington. This shows you where are your priorities? Are your priorities that you want to be a Hollywood star? Or are your priorities truly about policies? Because I'm going to say, I'm thinking it's controlling Hollywood. You just like that you're in the limelight. You're a megalomaniac. Everything for you is, it's great because you think the world loves you. You have all these people. Oh my God, all this attention. It's amazing. You imagine how blown up your head has to be to make a movie like that. How much you must actually think of yourself to, to go and make a movie about yourself and your fight in Washington. Not... 20 or 30 years from now, somebody doing a movie because they love your story. No, no, you go out of your way to do it. 
well, you got what you deserve. You know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You played a stupid game, and you definitely won a stupid prize. Only thing I have not been able to find is how much did it cost them to film this movie? I would like to know how much it cost them to make it. Because I'm sure it's more than ten grand. I'm, I'm going to be 100% sure it's more than ten grand. I want to know how much they lost. And I'm hoping that maybe they get the message. I'm sure they're going to blame it on something else. Oh, the people didn't see it because they didn't want them to see it. The theaters didn't want to work with us because we all know that was that's bull. Because the theaters, they're all for their left-wing propaganda. They, they do nothing but help the left. Theaters are for Hollywood. Hollywood is for woke people. So I, that I don't even want to hear. I'm just curious, how much did they actually lose? Um, not the only movie that came out that didn't do well. Uh, earlier this year, there was another movie called The Territory. And it was a National Geographic film about indigenous people fighting the effects of climate change. Through its entire movie theater run, it only made 70 grand. <laughs> I don't know. Is the left getting a message yet? Hello? Yeah. You know, it's... it's... Hello, McFly? Hello? You getting a message yet? There was also Knock Down the House. Okay, I don't know what Knock Down the House made, but, you know, Democrats were rating it very high. Rotten Tomatoes had it rated so high um, for their critics. And when the public actually rated it, it rated at 11% likability. So that shows you how much of America actually enjoyed that crap. If you remember, I also brought you, uh, it was, oh, good, two months ago. Director came out. It was a movie about two men, uh, a, raun- a raunchy comedy about two men. And uh, that movie bombed into movie theaters. I mean, are they starting to pick up on the vibe here? <laughs> you guys you guys starting to get the point? Nobody wants to go watch a movie about your political nonsense. Because it is just political nonsense. Nobody wants to go watch raunchy, nasty movies about uh, uh, two guys, two girls. No, nobody wants to see that. Okay, You know what people want to see? People want to see good, creative movies. People like seeing inspiring stories. True stories are the most inspiring stories. That's some of my favorite movies. Some of my favorite movies that I absolutely love are real life, based on real stories, and I always check to see how much of the movie was real versus how much was Hollywood. I especially like the ones that are more real because those movies are true inspiration. You watch them. You believe things are achievable. You see miracles that had happened on all accounts. It never should have happened that way. You never should have got out of that situation. Everything was dark. Everything was gloomy. There was no light to be found. And it turns around... And a miracle happens. And what seemed impossible, what seemed out of reach, was obtainable. It was doable. Those are some of the best movies. Because you could feel you could feel the people in there. And, and they're very amazing. Nobody wants to go sit there and listen to a movie about AOC giving speeches on the floor of the house. Or talking and going out. Because... You know, she, she's got a lot of charisma. She does. She's, she's good. You know, she, she appeals to the people that she appeals to. Uh, if you listen to her make speeches, her speeches are not, they're not powerful. Uh, if you listen to a speech from AOC, 
you know, even her her attitude while she's doing it. You know, she's, and I don't mean aggressive in a bad way, but she's not aggressive in the speech and, and she's very animated and everything is like, wow, during the speech. You want to watch somebody like that, the new, uh, I forgot her name now, uh, but the new president of Italy or prime minister of Italy, watch her give a speech. I mean, she's getting it, okay? Uh, very articulate the way she speaks and she comes off and her point and, and you could really feel it. AOC, you know, she she's like a like a light bulb flickering. Some moments it looks like it's going good, and, and then it just fizzles out. Um, but nobody wants to go watch that crap. Who who the hell wants? I don't want to watch it, and I pay attention to politics. You think I want to sit down and watch a two hour movie about it? Oh, good God, these people they are so out of touch with reality. This has been a very long week for me. I don't, I don't know about you guys. This week, it, it, maybe because Christmas is getting closer and it's just so much going on and people are all a little nastier because <laughs> they're definitely not nicer. Like, traffic's a little heavier. Uh, everybody's in a rush and it's just, it's been, it's been a madhouse. But this felt like a long week. I wanted to end it on a more foolish story you know because we it, it's been tough this week we got we got a lot coming out you know and I'm I'm gonna stand by what I said listening to that one Glenn Beck episode and I I uh think it's important that we realize we're just fighting evil overall uh because everything that I looked at this week you know collectively it's just all evil and that that there can only be one um source and that's it. it. It just evil is the source that this is all coming from. So I thought it'd be nice to just throw AOC's attempt at being a Hollywood star in there and seeing that she did so well that 120 theaters, $80 a theater, $10,000 total. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, all right. That's going to do it for me this week. It's Friday. I'm tired. I had a long week. Um, I hope you like what you're hearing. If you do, please write and view me. Um, I know the rest. We'll do it again. <laughs>